Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women Podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to ChristianCareerWomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am Ellie Nieves, and this is the Christian Career Women Bible Talk. Uh, We have been, for the past uh, several weeks, working through the Life Management for Busy Women book with, uh, that was written by Elizabeth George. And we've been using it to guide our discussions uh, about how it is that us busy women get to manage our lives. We talked about managing our spiritual lives. We've talked about managing our physical lives. We've talked about managing our home life and our financial life. And today we're talking about how we're gonna manage our social lives and mental lives. Uh, So we welcome you all. We are very excited to have you with us today. And I have a very special guest. My special guest today is Joanne Martin. Joanne happens to be my bestie and my cousin. So I've actually known her all my life. (laughs) And for those of you who are members of the Christian Career Women Network, and you call into our monthly Bible studies, I mean, sorry, our monthly prayer calls. Joe is the one who leads our prayer calls. So here is the face to the voice that you often hear on the prayer calls. And if you want to partake in our prayer calls, and if you want to join our community, please go to ChristianCareerWomen.com. It is free. This is a ministry, and we hope that you will be able to join us and uh, learn about how you can strengthen your faith and still be a, a leader in the marketplace as someone who glorifies God at work and in your personal lives. So today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about managing our social and our mental lives. So I've got um, some slides that I'm going to share as I've been doing uh, for the past several Bible studies. Okay. And we're going to start talking about managing your social life. And we're going to kick off the discussion with a uh, verse from Proverbs that Elizabeth George uses also to kick off the chapter on managing uh, your social life. And the scripture says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Joe, when you see this scripture, what comes to mind? Being intentional in your friendships, um, regardless whether you're in agreement with things and it doesn't matter. Being intentional, um, support, encouraging, and loving unconditionally. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, um, I love this aspect of it as well, because what you're saying about being intentional, right? So a friend loves, so here love is the, is the verb, right? Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes in the world, when we think about loving, we think about fuzzy feelings, right? right. We think about, oh, I have this fuzzy feeling towards someone. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the Bible today, and the Bible actually defines love very differently than the way we do in the world. So I'm, I'm turning to 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and I'm just going to read the biblical definition of love. So the biblical definition of love is, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So in this, in this particular scripture, it's telling us that this is how we should love our friends, right? We should uh, be kind, not envy. We shouldn't boast. We shouldn't be proud. It's all these actions that we need to engage in when we're talking about our friends, exactly. uh, which really is humbling when you think about it, right? <laughs> yeah. And I love also the, the second piece where it says a brother is born for right. adversity. And, and isn't it true that when, we're, when we face adversity, that that's when we learn who our true friends are? Exactly. Um, when you're going through trials and tribulations, um, it's important to have a network of women in your life that you can turn to that are going to, for me personally, it has to be biblical, sound, encouraging. Um, some, a woman of faith. And, and that's not to say that a woman that is not a believer couldn't encourage me. Absolutely not. That is not true because I have a lot of friends that aren't believers, right? But um, having that net, network of women that is going to encourage you in the word is very important. Mm -hmm. And it basically comes down to shared values, right? When you share those uh, biblical values, those biblical truths, mm -hmm. it's a lot... Um, more comforting because you know that you're both operating from the same space when you're sharing with one another. And from the same spirit and from Absolutely. the same spirit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, one of the things that Elizabeth does in the book is that she um, prioritizes relationships and she uh, breaks them down into categories. So she starts off with um, the first category, which are friendships with family. And she describes those as marriage, children, parents, and siblings. Mm. So tell me how you have prioritized these relationships in your own life. Well, my husband, my marriage is priority. That's my first ministry. Biblically, that is my first ministry. And in my heart, it is my first ministry. Um, so I always put my husband first. Um, I'm a stepmother, as you are a stepmother. Um, I love my grandchildren and I love my stepchildren. And um, I have one, one biological, one father, one biological uh, father that is alive. I also have a stepfather, but my biological father, I've just developed a relationship with him. And um, as far as the siblings go right now, um, that's in the works with my brother. So God is working on that situation, but absolutely, I'm in total agreement that Marriage is a priority. Marriage should be your first priority. Your children, then your parents and your siblings. Always put um, your marriage first. 
in every situation, especially being as busy as we are. We always have to find time to make sure that we're making them their favorite meals or their favorite desserts or bringing them, you know, just being there to support them in their endeavors too, mm-hmm. not, not just think about ourselves. Absolutely. And we actually talked about this during our last Bible talk where we were talking about managing your home life. And Elizabeth definitely stressed that your husband is your number one relationship outside of God. That is your top tier relationship and Mm -hmm. how we should uh, look to adapt uh, to our husbands Mm -hmm. and uh, look to create um, a home environment that uh, she called it a little piece of heaven on earth, right? For both our husbands and our children and our extended family. Mm-hmm. So when people do come to our homes that they feel like there's a little piece of heaven there. So this is um, definitely something that I think, especially as working women, that we need to continue to always do is reprioritize these relationships in our lives. And uh, just similar to you, as you mentioned, that I have stepchildren and my oldest stepchild just recently had a child. So I'm a grandmama for the first yay, time. Yay. And yeah, and, and, and even in that, you know, my husband and I have been talking about because they live, they live a couple of hours away from us, but we've been talking about how are we now going to intentionally, he goes that word that you used, intentionally make sure that we are a part of, of baby Bella's life. Uh, so we're already talking about, you know, carving out time and our calendars and, you know, when is it going to be on a Saturday, a Sunday, you know, how are we going to do this? How often are we going to do it? But it is about being intentional to make sure that we keep those relationships a priority and that we're actually you know, going out of our way to make sure that we're incorporating it into our lives. Right. Exactly. And that's, I have wonderful grandchildren, as you know, I'm in love with my granddaughter. She's my favorite though. I tell everybody they're my, I tell all of them that they're my favorite, but she really is my favorite. (laughs) She knows it, but being intentional, you know, they live 45 minutes to an hour away from where we live. So I FaceTime I duo, I send Marco Polos and I make sure that I send her little gifts or I send my grandchildren gifts in the mail mm-hmm. uh, or I call them because they all have cell phones. Mm-hmm. So uh, being, you know, we don't want to really use that word intentional, but actually it is. It's very important. Intentional. I think yeah. that's, that's so important. Be Absolutely. intentional in your relationships. It just Absolutely. is making that, carving out that time um, to make sure that not just your granddaughter knows that you love her, but that your um, stepson and his wife know that you are very much part of their daughter's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we did, and even though our, um, uh, my stepchildren, our children are adults, they're young adults, uh, we made it a point uh, over the summer to uh, go out on vacations with them. Mm. Uh, because it's one thing to, to visit, you know, we, we, they come over to the house or we go over to their house, but there's something about going away together and having a shared experience on a vacation that really um, uh, just brings you closer together. So, uh, you know, I'm really grateful that we had the opportunity to do that, you know, have these vacations with them. And it really did in, in, in a different way, you know, just continues to solidify the relationship, but you're also building memories and you're building stronger bonds. And, you know, uh, when you have this kind of relaxed time with each other, uh, you open up to each other in a different way. It's, a, it's, it's important to, like you said, to be able to let your guard down. It's important for others, especially those that you love, to really see the real you, that there are the, there's, there's always going to be boundaries in every relationship. Right. But, um, you know, letting them know that you can just be free with around them and be yourself. That's really important because it, it, it sets the pace that level of comfort 
Um, and you were talking before about having, you know, making your home a place of peace and making your home warm and, and warm and inviting. That's key also. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we look here at the list, also talking about parents, right? You mentioned your dad, um, right. Uh, and we've got this image here in front of us, right, of, of clearly a set of parents, grandchildren, and grandparents. Um, so many of us are in that generation where we're not only caring for children or grandchildren, but also mm-hmm. for our parents. Right. Uh, I know for uh, when it comes to me, my mom is now aging. My, my father passed several years ago, but my mom is uh, now 80 years old. And she's gotten to a place where she's requiring more time and attention. Uh, so something that's you know, that always continues to ring in my ears is, you know, what the Bible says about honoring your father and mother. So for old age, you know, I need to also make it a priority. So as the same way as my husband and I've been talking about baby Bella, we've also been talking about how do we accommodate our aging moms, right? But we have to do differently now to make sure that we're present and that we're available. So for the last couple of weeks, in fact, I've been uh, attending to my mom a little bit more you know, calling her more frequently during the day just to make sure that she's okay, going with her to doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, this is another relationship that we also need to prioritize um, as we we go on in life, right? As we live our lives, this is another relationship we need to prioritize. Yeah, it's it's important to stay connected to those aging parents. You know, um, as you know, my relationship with my father just got restored the Lord led me to reach out to him Amen. and, and he's, you know, he's very accepting and it's wonderful. And he's in his, he's 80. So, um, so it's important for me to stay connected to him, to ensure that he has everything that he needs. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hold on. I'm just going to look here. I see that there's a comment in the chat area. Just want to take a quick look at it. Um, So Brittany says, when I was uh, in a networking group, I always uh, had relationships with other women and I spread um, the word out about my ministry. Amen. 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 And um, as we continue on in this discussion, um, similar to what Brittany is sharing, it says, you know, friendships within the family of God. So this is the next tier of relationships outside of our family relationships. Elizabeth in her book says that friendships with the family of God, and she defines those as people who love the Lord Mm -hmm. and also have love for one another. And just a reminder that we, that we mentioned that love again is not a fuzzy, fuzzy feeling. It's a verb. And the way we describe it in the Bible is very different than the way we describe love in the, in the world. So uh, tell me about your friendships within the family of God. I, I was talking about this yesterday, you and I, about how blessed I am. When I first um, gave my life to the Lord, when I surrendered everything to him, um, one thing that I prayed for was sisters, because I didn't have any sisters growing up. So I, I, I prayed for sisters. I said I wanted three, three sisters. I have so many now. I have a globe full of sisters, right? But he specifically has placed um, just wonderful, wonderful women in my life that are funny, that uh, love the Lord. Um, We have an incredible uh, love for each other. Um, And I am completely blessed to have women in my life that love me 
in spite of some things, <laughs> they still love me and they don't judge me. Um, and that I can be honest about my insecurities or failures or, um, or my desires that I can be honest and I can, I can ask them to pray with me or pray for me. And, um, we go out and we have fun and, and, um, it's, there's a lot of freedom in being able to have the network mm-hmm. of people in your life that are like-minded. Right. So it's awesome. Right. Which is, you know, one of the reasons why I was inspired to launch this community, you know, as a, as a working woman who loved the Lord, um, I, I, di- I didn't feel like I had a community of other working women who also love the Lord, mm-hmm. right? In the same way. Um, so, you know, this community has been a blessing for me to be able to create a, a, a tribe of sorts. Uh, right. But in the same way that you prayed, um, I've also prayed throughout the years to have um, godly women in my life. So in addition to this network that we've created, a tribe of other women who work in the marketplace and who love the Lord, I've also prayed to have um, close women in my own life. And I've been blessed as well uh, with uh, godly women that I can turn to when I have concerns, mm-hmm. anything that's going on in my life. I know that, as we mentioned before, they're using the same standard as I am. And when, I, when they give me advice, I know they're going to turn to the Bible first. You know, I have one uh, sister who she's really funny. She says, you know what, this is what my, this is how I would do it in the world. But let me tell you, this is what the, this is what the Lord says, right? So she acknowledges this is, this might be my personal reaction, but this is what the Bible says. So this is what we should do. And and I love that about her because that is exactly what we should be doing. We should be denying ourselves, right? (laughs) Denying our, our worldly reactions to things that happen around us and in our lives and say, no, God, I'm going to do it your way. Right. right. And then we're, and we're there to hold each other accountable to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. if you, if you're, if you, those of you who are out there um, wanting godly uh, friendships, pray about it. Pray, pray about that it. God lead you to uh, women who are going to provide you uh, with friendship, sisterhood, and um, uh, guidance, you know, and they, that are going to share your values because he answers. This is the kind of prayer that he loves to answer. Oh. That's that, I mean, among all the other prayers that he answers, like, you know, circumcise my heart, Lord, created me a clean heart, oh God, renew a steadfast spirit, restore my soul, you know, remove the spirit, spirit of headness. Among those other wonderful things that he answers, mm-hmm. that, that when we pray, all he asks us to do is to commit everything to him. Ask, ask me, he says, ask me. Um, you don't have it because you don't ask. And it's so important to stay connected to the Lord for every area of your life. Absolutely. Your weaknesses, your strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely answers those kind of prayers. He's wonderful. Absolutely. And, and one thing that I would love to talk about here before we move on to the next section is um, that God also restores relationships. Yes. Uh, perhaps you have broken relationships in your life or relationships that have gone sour for some reason, whether it be with a relative or a friend. God can turn things around, no matter how uh, impossible it may seem. You never know how he's going to create an opening uh, for you. And uh, interesting, you know, here I am calling Joanne my bestie. uh, But uh, maybe, what, 12 years ago, I wouldn't have ever called you that. (laughs) You would have probably called me something else. But... but, um, yeah, I I was very, very, very... Actually, it's been only 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. um, I've only been saved 10 years and he's changed my life so dramatically in, in, in such a short time. But yeah, I was so lost and so dark and didn't want anybody in my life. And I didn't want, especially I didn't want family, you know, um, growing up in our family, Elliot was pretty difficult, as you know, it's pretty difficult. And, um, you know, we, we went to take care of one of our aunts that was in hospice mm-hmm. and that's how the Lord connected us. He connected us not only in his death, but in the death of my aunt. Yeah. Um, I never thought of it like that, but yeah, he connected us with, with his death, but yet he connected us with the death yeah. of, of, of our aunt. Mm-hmm. And, um, Ellie, uh, you know, encouraged me. I had just given my life to the Lord. I didn't know anything about church or reading the word or anything. And Ellie was a very pivotal part of me finding the church that I needed to go to for new believers. And then from there, he just took me further and, and, um, he still has a lot more to do, but yeah, um, God restored our relationship and put us together for such a time as this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and interesting because we, we grew up together, but I think there was a, a time there probably when, um, I don't know, probably, I, know, I think it was around my 20s, right? I was probably in my 20s. You were probably, um, what, in your in my 30s? 30s. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, I'm just I'm a little 50. older than I <laughs> I don't lie about it. I'm 56. I'm 54, but I'm 56. <laughs> so uh, there was a little bit of separation there to the point where I remember I used to walk, we used to live in the same neighborhood in Parkchester. We, we actually moved into the same neighborhood in the Bronx and I would walk by Joe and say, hi, Joe. And she would just keep walking. She wouldn't even look at me. Do you I remember that? I, heard you. I remember that. <laughs> I was a manager, a group manager at Macy's. <laughs> she said she used to say hi to me, but yeah, I don't you would just like walk around. Anyway, the point was we weren't even talking to each other. Somehow our, our relationship just kind of went sour. And well, think, uh, for many years, we just didn't talk to each other. Well, I, I, th- I don't think that it was just with you. I think my relationship overall with anyone, I didn't have a relationship with, it wasn't with just with you. It was, it was, yeah. I didn't have a relationship with my mother. Yeah. Um, who God restored that relationship before she died. God restored that relationship so that there was no guilt in her death. Mm -hmm. So God just, just, he's just been restoring and bringing wonderful people in my life that I would have never, ever, ever come in contact with unless he, unless he opened the door for that. So I'm very thankful that he restored our relationship and I'm very thankful that he restored my relationship with my mom and, Mm-hmm. my relationship with my dad and hopefully he'll restore my relationship with my, with my father and not hope with my brother not hopefully I know he will because he's he's amen. faithful right amen. amen amen so our next tier the third tier of relationships that Elizabeth mentions in the book is um friendships outside of the church so she mm-hmm. says um <clears throat> there are casual relationships and then she also mentions coincidental rela- friendships mm-hmm. and those friendships are strangers right people that you might meet an acquaintance, maybe um, someone you don't really have a relationship with, but that you have an ability to launch a relationship with, maybe network with, uh, mm-hmm. and perhaps create something uh, later on down the line. So tell right. me about your casual friendships and your coincidental um, friendships. Wow. Let's talk about coincidental friendships first for me. Okay. Um, I talk to everyone that I come in contact with. My stepdaughter says, you are super saved. 
that you are super safe because you talk to everybody. If I go to the supermarket, you know how they wear the tags? Uh-huh. When they check, first of all, I greet them when I see them. I say, hey, Kate, hey, Bill, whatever. And then when I leave, I say, you're such a wonderful. My husband just looks at me like, so I talk to everyone. So I have a lot of coincidental friendships. And then casual friendships, we have those in our everyday life. I mean, you know, the, the security guard at work and, you know, um, but it's, it's important for you as a woman of God to have those kinds of relationships because God will use those type of relationships to open the door for ministry. He Joe, can you hear me? Um, they look at me like, why did you give me this? I'm like, because it's a great, because it's Tuesday. I'll just say, because it's Tuesday. I just wanted to do something nice. It's happy Tuesday or whatever. So being, being I don't want to keep using the word, but I'm going to use it. Being intentional, whether it's a casual friendship or a coincidental friendship, um, it's important for you to be true to your identity. And those so friendships. Can you hear me, Joe? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Looks like I yes. kind of froze there. Hopefully, um, yes, maybe you are. Yeah. But you, okay, we can good. still hear you. Okay, good. Um, but I, I love that you keep using the word intentional. You know, before we, um, before we started, before we went live, we, we did pray that the Holy Spirit guide our discussion. So I think that that's probably the word that the Holy Spirit has given us for the night, that relationships all are about intentionality. Mm-hmm. And I love what you're saying about that, even with coincidental friendships, you know, that you go out of your way to say hello and that you smile. Um, I am an introvert and I've met a lot of introverts um, throughout my, um, my speaking career. When I go out and I speak to women about leadership, one of the um, issues, I, I always hear two questions. One is why don't women support other women? And then two, I'm an introvert, so it's hard for me to connect. I don't like to network and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I always talk to um, women about networking and connecting, especially if you're an introvert, uh, one of the things that we do as introverts is that we often look for someone else to open the door for us. Uh, we uh, go into a social situation and we're expecting someone to extend an, a hand, to smile first, to say hello first. And if they don't do that, then we're, we're not the ones to do it because we're too shy. We don't feel comfortable doing it. But what I've learned over time is that we need to be just as intentional about making those connections, whether you're an introvert or not, that it doesn't take a lot of energy to smile. No. Um, So, you know, just being the first one to smile, being the first one to say hello, being the first one to extend a hand. Uh, You know, if you go into a social situation with that um, attitude, you'll find that you'll make many coincidental friendships. (laughs) that can turn into casual friendships and hopefully we'll move to that next tier of friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully it'll be an opportunity for us to share our faith or discover that maybe perhaps that person already shares our faith. 
Uh, but we have to open ourselves up to these situations. And the best way to do that is to actually be the first one to extend that hand, extend the smile and say the first hello. I also think it's important that you stay alert. You remain alert um, with everyone that you come in contact with. I'm not talking to every single person, but if there's something about that person, whether it's a person's earrings or whatever, jewelry or clothing or hair, you know, just, just say, you know, I, I really like your hair. I really love your jewelry. That's how I, I've made some really great friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made friends at the nail salon, um, you know, friends at the gym and there's, we, we're still great friends. And it was just me saying, Hey, I like that cross, that cross that you're wearing, you know, what does that cross mean to you? And that's mm-hmm. how the whole conversation started. And then she ended up being in my wedding, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, um, being alert. And, and, you know, when you pray for God to give you women in your life, be alert and be on the lookout because, um, he's going to put women in your life where you least expect it. Yeah. Make sure that you're greeting everyone when you go in the elevator. Mm-hmm. When you walk in, you know how when you, I mean, I'm in corporate America too, right? So when you walk in the elevator, everybody like has their cup of coffee. They have right. their glasses on, you know, the shades that you just came out of the parking area. I walk in, I'm like, hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> like, hi, Joe. You know, they all know. But, um, you know, once you pray and you ask the Lord to bring these women into your life, be open to it. Mm-hmm. make sure that you have that smile make sure that you're 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 um spending your days with anticipation waiting for those godly women to come into your life yeah and it works the same with a husband too if you don't have one but that's another <laughs> that's another that's another that's for another bible talk that's another bible talk. <laughs> amen 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 all right so here are <clears throat> some guidelines for managing friendships we're going to go to be loyal last mm. So why don't we start with, do not keep score, be respectful and sensitive, be honest and attentive, give something away in every encounter, prioritize your friendships, nurture your friendships, pray for your friends. Which one of these um, or which of these resonates most with you, Joe? With me is pray for your friends. Mm. That's the first one for me. And the second one is prioritize your friendships. Mm-hmm. It's important for you to let that special person in your life to know how special they really are and always put them up there. Let them know that they are a priority in your life. Like I have two two very great friends. Elia is my cousin and she knows she's number one too, but there's other there's two other women that um, that they know that they're way up there. Um, and I pray, I, I, I pray for all my loved ones and I definitely pray for my friends. They know they they can just text me and say, Joe, pray. And I don't need to know what, what to pray for. I just pray according to what the word of God says, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I speak healing into their lives. They don't really have to tell me exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so praying for my friends and prioritizing my friendships I think those are two key and also being honest and attentive. Yeah. Um, no holds barred. Just be honest about everything. If there's something that you don't like, let them know. And if there's um, be open to receive some things that they might be honest, you know, about things that you do. Right. And be accepting of it. Mm-hmm. Be accepting of it. 
And I think in, in our honesty, we can also do what it says in point three, which is be respectful and sensitive. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in this day and age where there's so much disrespect online uh, with people's opinions. Right. It's, it's just like a different tone these days in society. And people feel like they have permission now to be disrespectful. Uh, but, you know, we should, you know, as godly women, we should uh, make sure that we are being respectful uh, to one another, especially to our friends, and that we're being sensitive when we communicate something to them. So we should be honest, but in that honesty, be respectful and be sensitive as to how that person might be receiving what we're saying. Right. Uh, and one of the ways to do that is to, one of the things I talk about when I, when I give my, um, my, my presentations is, you know, the difference between being aggressive and being assertive. I think a lot of women feel that they need to be um, aggressive in order to be forthcoming, but being aggressive means that you are actually disrespecting the other person. You're not being mindful of that person's feelings, right. but when you're assertive, you're being more uh, sensitive to what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And when you're communicating, you're communicating in an objective way so right. that they can receive what it is that you want to say. And I think that a good way to approach this when you're being honest with someone and you think that maybe what you're gonna say is going to be hurtful, is to ask yourself, what is the result that you want at the end of the conversation? Typically, we want to maybe change the person's behavior or we wanna make them aware of something, but we also want to preserve the relationship after you communicate what it is that you wanna communicate. So before you communicate, ask yourself, how would I want someone to communicate with me so that when they say something to me, when they share with me, that our relationship is still intact afterward. And that should be a good rule of thumb to help you be able to communicate respectfully and with some a level of sensitivity. And also, I totally agree with you 100%, but uh, not but, but also, <laughs> uh, ask the Lord to help you. Um, prayerfully ask him to give you the words. Mm -hmm. um, his words are better than my words. So mm -hmm. I prayerfully ask, um, if there is any kind of situation, I prayerfully ask the Lord to give me, to give me great wisdom. He says, ask me for wisdom. I give it freely. Right. Absolutely. So I ask him for wisdom, give me the right words and give me the right attitude because I can be unlike Ellie, who's an introvert. I'm the total opposite. So I want to be mindful of my tone. Mm -hmm. I want to be mindful of my body language. I want to be mindful of all those things and have Holy Spirit take over the situation so that um, I give him control. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So now I want to talk about the top um, mm. point here, which is be loyal. Yeah. And um, Elizabeth talks about loyalty in the book and she gives us um, three elements to loyalty. And uh, the first one she says is allegiance. And she gives us a, a proverb, Proverbs 27, 10, says, do not forsake your friend. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she talks about uh, loyalty. Another element is devotion. Mm -hmm. And she says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. That's the scripture we shared earlier, Proverbs 17, 17. And then uh, last, silence. He who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. Proverbs 17, 9. Yes. Which of these scriptures resonates with you, Joe? Mm, allegiance. Mm. Allegiance resonates with me. Um, it's important 
for if I have a friend for that person to be faithful. Hmm. And when I say faithful, I'm not talking about that we have to be together all the time because Ellie and I, uh, we get together every once in a while because mm -hmm. she's busy, I'm busy, we, we live, you know, <laughs> it's a long way, a distance away from each other. And um, so just, she knows that no matter what she has going in her life, that she knows that all she has to do is, is call me and I'm there. She knows that she can call me to, for me to pray for her. She knows that she can call me to give her advice. So I know that I can call her for advice or, you know, um, having a commitment in a friendship, being committed to that friendship. Are there going to be obstacles? Sometimes there are. But even in those obstacles, remaining committed to your friend. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I love the third one, the silence. Mm -hmm. He who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. Yes. Sometimes we don't have a high level of awareness uh, about the conversations that we engage in. And this one, I, I want to hold near and dear to my heart so that I don't forget it. Because as women, we bond by sharing with each other. And sometimes that sharing can turn to gossip. Yes, I you agree. Know, and, um, and if it does, you know, we don't always think about what the repercussions could be of that gossip. So I think that me as a woman, I want to hold near and I want to hold the scripture in my heart and I want to practice it. I want to meditate on it. I want to make sure that it's not something that um, departs from my heart and from my head, from my mind, from my thinking, mm -hmm. so that I'm mindful of when I share, making sure that whatever I share doesn't spill into another area that, that would not be pleasing to God. Exactly. And that is so easy to do. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to do, mm -hmm. especially when you're sharing about your life and, mm -hmm. um, with someone, it can be so easy to say, well, this happened, this happened. And then this person said this, this person, you know, so yeah, yeah definitely. I'm definitely going to meditate on that. Um, also it, it plays, it's very important that if I share something, especially if I share something with Ellie, Ellie, you and I share a lot, a lot. <laughs> there are things about me that Ellie knows that not even my husband knows, <laughs> but those are, there are things about Ellie that I know that nobody else knows. And those are things that nobody, only her and I, um, would know. She trusts me. I trust her. Um, but that was developed, mm -hmm. developed throughout the years of being committed, regardless whether we see each other or not, there has to be a commitment there. So mm -hmm. I think both of those, in order for you to have that friend that you can share everything with, you need to have that commitment. So it's going to start off with the commitment first and then, you know, with being intentional and right. then being able to trust that person where you can share. You don't want to share with everyone. Yeah. Not everyone is for you. You want to be careful who you're sharing with. And, you know, the Bible talks about the fruit, the mm -hmm. fruit of the person. How is that person living their life? Are they living for the Lord? Are they living for the world? Is, is, uh, everything that matters to them only about money or everything that, that matters to them only about politics or, um, you know, not, not, you want to make sure that the person that you're sharing with is 
someone that you can trust and someone that is living their life according to the word of God, the fruit, what is the fruit of this person that you are sharing with? Does that person gossip and talk about everyone? Then if you're sharing with that person, that person's going to talk about you. So be, be mindful of the people that you share with, because if they're talking about other people then they're going to be talking about you, you know, use wisdom. Yeah. It's so funny that you're saying that because I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, the relationship that we have, you know, was, was developed over time with right. you know, the trust, but it also came as a result of, I think of us testing each other's characters. Right. right. So I think that if I didn't um, trust your character, I also mm-hmm. wouldn't have trust you with, you know, my deep, dark secrets. Right. 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 <laughs> or to even, or to even pray for you. Right. Right. I think that that's crucial to any, any, anyone that you trust, you need to be able to know that the person has a strong character. Uh, so uh, especially, especially if you've got a, a, a mix of a lot of types of people in your life, right? So I know I have a lot of Christian friends. I have a lot of non-Christian friends. I have people that, you know, I network with that aren't necessarily um, uh, close friends, but they are um, what I'll call close acquaintances, people that I, I interact with on a regular basis. Uh, so when you've got all these different tiers of people in your life, you need to be able to, as we mentioned before, prioritize those relationships and then know who you trust, who you don't trust, and also mm-hmm. understand that um, their character is very important, that you, as you observe them and you observe their character, that also tells you to what level you can trust them. Right. And that's why we talk about the fruit. What yeah. fruit, what, what kind of tree is it? Is it producing rotten fruit? <laughs> then I don't want you in my yard. <laughs> no, I don't need you in my yard. Your fruit has to be, see how they, how they interact with other people. Mm-hmm. See, watch their language, um, how, they, how they're living their lives. You mm-hmm. know, that's really important. You want people in your life that are going to feed into you, that are going to build you up and encourage you, not those that are going to drain you. Mm-hmm. You don't want those kind of people in your life. Right. Yeah. And, and, and this is another thing, you know, whenever I think about advice, right, when we go to someone for, for advice, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've heard this in the past, you don't go to a poor man to learn how to be rich. Right. So if you want someone who is going to uh, give you love advice mm-hmm. turn to someone who's been married for 30, 40, 50 years and has been doing it in the name of the Lord. Right. You know, you don't go to your single friend to ask you, you know, to, to get marriage advice. Right. So and, and and that's, you know, so the character piece, but then also see how they're living their lives. What is, as you said, Joanne, what is the fruit of their life? What is it manifesting? Right, so if right, there's right. something that you want in your life, go to someone who's already living that life successfully. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and that's why I don't seek I don't seek advice. Godly counsel. I mean, that's a biblical thing. Yep. You seek godly counsel. You don't see, you don't go to the bus driver or whoever and say, you know, what do I, what should I do here? What should it know? You <laughs> seek godly counsel and you, and if you don't have that, then ask the Lord, you know, I need a mentor, Lord. I need someone that I, that I can speak to that can mentor me. Yes. Ask for that too. He'll give you that. He gave me one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. So, um, we have here 10 commandments of friendship that Elizabeth shares mm-hmm. and, um, she's got a number here. I'll go through them very quickly. One, she says, speak to people. 
Mm-hmm. Who smiled at people? I mentioned this before. She says it takes 72 muscles to frown and only 14 to smile. So be the first to smile. Don't wait for someone to smile at you. Be the first one to smile. Uh, mm-hmm. Call people by name. Be friendly and helpful. Be cordial. Be genuinely interested in people. Be generous with praise. Be considerate of the feelings of others. Mm. Uh, be thoughtful of the opinions of others. Be alert to give service. What do you think of these, Joe? Well, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to. Um, calling people by name is definitely uh, important. Um, smiling, I smile at everyone. Be genuinely interested in people you can like, even if you try. Be generous with praise, caution with criticism. Be considerate the feelings of it will be appreciated. I think all of them, but um, for me, smiling. Mm-hmm. I smile wherever I go. Official door yeah, opener. It's so simple. I mean, it doesn't have to be, it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Not complicated. I smile. I smile at, at you know, sometimes it's women, for some reason, not all women will look at you in your face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not me. I look at everybody in the face. And um, I, I go to Walmart. I go to Target. I'm smiling at everybody. Every person that I walk by on the aisle, not somebody that's with, their, with, with a man, you know, a man and a woman, because they might think that I'm trying mm-hmm. to flirt with their husband or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, no, yeah. so I I smile at everyone smile smiling to me is um it speaks volumes Mm -hmm. it speaks Mm -hmm. volumes people always ask me you know Joe why are you so happy it's the joy of the Lord the joy of the Lord I choose joy amen and I love that you said you choose it again Mm -hmm. intentional right Mm -hmm. it's you have to be intentionally joyful so amen Mm -hmm. So I like the uh, be thoughtful of the opinions of others. And, and again, this goes back to what I mentioned before, this, this divisive culture that we're currently living yeah. in. And the work that I do in particular, you know, my day job, I do uh, government affairs. So I'm kind of floating in the space. And you know this, Joe, because we've gotten into political conversations, right? I'm floating in a space where there, there's just a lot of politics around me. I'm dealing with a lot of government officials. There's a lot of par- uh, partisan chatter. Um, right. And... Um, it's very easy to get into a heated discussion or a heated debate with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, being thoughtful of the opinions of others, and especially if I know that someone is particularly argumentative, I make it very clear from the get-go that I respect everyone's opinions. Uh, the only thing I ask is that my opinions be respected as well. But mm-hmm. if I see that we're not going in that direction, then you know the easiest thing to do is just to politely shut down the conversation and transition to another topic. Or don't even, or don't even bring, or up don't even topic. engage, or don't that's, even. Engage. That's, that's really important, you know. Having wisdom. Um, if you know that you're passionate about something and that other person is not as passionate about something that uh, that you are, um, keep your opinion to yourself. You yeah. don't have to share. You don't have to share everything. I think it's important for you to again. Um, your opinion is your opinion. Their opinion is theirs, and and there has to be a mutual respect. Yes in that avenue. And, yeah. um, you're not going to agree with everyone all of the time. Right. Jesus didn't. Nope. Nope. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to move on to 
Oh, before we move on to the next topic, I just want to address any questions that might have come in when it came to relationships. Um, oh, yeah. There is one from Brittany. You want to read Brittany's question? Yeah, that's why I want to be connected with a networking group. I believe that God will bring us a godly relationship with other networking women to connect with so that we can connect contact with. God gave me women in my life to, to connect with. So you have to be loyal and respectful of them. And I, and I said that it's so important, loyalty. Um, there was another one here that um, she talked about, oh yeah, if you're networking with non-believers, people don't want to talk about Jesus. I want to tackle that one, if you don't mind. Go ahead, please. Okay. So yeah, like I, I said before, I do, I do have coworkers that are non-believers. They all know that I'm a believer, but you know what? Um, though they don't want to talk about Jesus, I'll give you an example. One of my employees who knows that I'm a Christian, she's going through a very difficult time. She's an atheist. She's an atheist. She's not an agnostic. She's an atheist. She doesn't believe in God at all. An agnostic, I believe that there's a higher being. She's an atheist. But when she has any kind of issues, who do you think that she reach out? Who, who do you think that she comes to? Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't, I don't uh, tell her, oh, well, you know, you're an atheist. I'm not going to pray for you. You know what I do? I pray for her. And she thanks me. I think even if you're networking with non-believers, it's, it's important for you, for your identity in Christ to come forth because mm-hmm. if someone didn't talk to me about the gospel, then I wouldn't be saved. And it's important that even if you are, and Ellie, you network with unbelievers every single day. I network with unbelievers every single day. They all know who I am. They know that I'm, that I'm a woman in a woman of God, but if the opportunity comes the door is open i'm stepping right in and i'm going to tell them about jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but i don't force it that's really important that you do it in love and respect if that person tells you that they don't want to hear it then you just pray for that person but god to soften their heart to receive the gospel and and it's also important to recognize that it's not always appropriate in the workplace right. to you know have your bible on top of your desk and every mm-hmm. time someone you know comes by you said jesus Look, <laughs> Jesus is in your heart and Jesus yes. will manifest himself in how you interact with others every day. Exactly. And people will see something different about you. Mm-hmm. People will want to connect with you because you are behaving differently. You do your work differently. You interact differently. People will see that there's something different about you. Uh, and when, when that happens, you're already, you're being the gospel, right? You're, you're already sharing your faith in the way you live your life. Exactly. And, and I think that that's really important that we remember that wherever we go, we are already ministering to people when we're interacting with them in a gracious way, in the way that Jesus would interact with them. Exactly. Even if we don't say the name Jesus, we will be living Jesus. What does he say? He said, you are walking epistles. That's right. You are walking epistles. That means no matter where you go as a believer, it is holy ground. And you are the gospel. You are the gospel of love. You uh, represent the king of kings. So it's important for you to never deny your Christianity. You don't throw it in anyone's face, but you show love. Love is, covers a multitude of sins. Love breaks boundaries and barriers. Love is what God is. So as long as you are being open and honest and just showing that person, even that atheist, that agnostic, show them love. 
That's all that that's what that's what everybody needs. That's that's what I needed. Amen. Amen. So Amen. let's move on. We've got about 10 minutes, but I want to touch on uh, this very important topic, which is managing um, your mental life. Yeah. So the foundation um, that Elizabeth uses in her book to talk about managing your mental life is Philippians 4.8. And Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Mm -hmm. This is such a great scripture. And I love this chapter because I, you know, I love like books like Battlefield of the Mind, uh, you know, by Joyce Meyer and anything that has to do with our thoughts, because, you know, our behavior starts with our thoughts, right? Whatever it is that we're thinking in our minds eventually manifests itself in how we behave in the external world. Right. Uh, so our thoughts are very important. And what this scripture is telling us that we need to be, what's the key word for tonight? Intention. Intentional about what we're thinking. Uh, we can't just let any thought just float in our minds. When we feel and we sense that our thoughts are going in some direction that is not going to be pleasing to God, we need to hold our thoughts captive and we need to redirect our thoughts so that we're focusing on whatever is true, whatever right. is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy. Those are the things that we need to think about. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth gives us a checklist based on the scripture that we should consider uh, whenever our thoughts are spiraling, right? Mm -hmm. So we should ask ourselves, you know, is what we're thinking true? And this right here, I think is super important, this one question, yeah. because we often let our thoughts run amok. Sometimes we are, let's say, let's use your example, Joe, you get in the elevator, you say good morning to someone and someone doesn't respond back, mm. right? You might start thinking all kinds of things. You might think, well, this person doesn't like me. This person hates me. I know they, they want my job. They can have it. <laughs> they can get me fired. <laughs> Your, your thoughts just start running. You start creating thoughts and ideas and start, mm -hmm. start trying to justify why it is that this person, uh, you know, is not saying hello to you. Mm -hmm. um, and our thoughts can just run amok with us, right? We start second guessing. We start trying to read between the lines. Mm -hmm. But um, this scripture is urging us to only focus on those things that are true. If we don't have any evidence of those things, we shouldn't speculate. Right. We should only think about the things that are true. So in a situation like that, maybe the best thing to do is to just give the person the benefit of the doubt is to say, you know what? Maybe they're not having a good morning. Mm -hmm. Maybe exactly. they're just not friendly people. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they had their AirPods on and they have long hair and they didn't hear you at all. <laughs> usually, usually when, usually if that does happen to me and it has happened, Usually what I do is as soon as I get off the elevator, I say, Lord, I don't know what they have going on in their life, but I ask you to fill them with your joy. I mm -hmm. ask you to reveal yourself to them in a loving way. I ask you to, to be a blanket of love, mercy, and grace over them, Lord. I don't know what they have going on. And the enemy will, will like what you said, uh, you know, 
try to get me to think, oh, they, you know, they're nasty or they don't like me because I'm Spanish or whatever it is. You know how the enemy, enemy whispers mm-hmm. in your ear and um, he'll use against you any insecurities that you would have, right? Because okay. that's what he does. He, he is a deceiver and um, he does all things the same. It's mm-hmm. all the same. He'll use whatever insecurities you have. Oh, well, she doesn't like me because of this or that or this mm-hmm. or whatever. So usually what I do is when I get off the elevator or even in the elevator, in my spirit, I pray for that person. Mm-hmm. And I just ask the Lord, you know, you shut down. The word of God says you take every thought captive. Now, taking a thought captive is not just a sweet little act. Taking Take that thought captive and you turn it around into, into something good. That's Amen. what I do. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, and I, I love the rest of this um, checklist um, because it just, it makes you stop and think about whether your thoughts are aligning with mm. God's thoughts, mm-hmm. right? The way he wants us to think. Um, so, you know, make a note of these questions and I'm actually going to post notes these are great in the uh, membership portal. So if you're a member, you can go into the membership portal uh, sometime tonight after the Bible study or mm-hmm. even tomorrow morning, and it'll be posted up there. Uh, but um, so if you're not a member, go ahead and go to ChristianCareerWomen.com and, and you can log into the portal and you'll have access to this. It'll be under the Bible talk tab. Uh, but, but this is just something to, to remind you to think praiseworthy thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and, and to redirect any anxious thoughts that you might have as well. You know, as women, we, we get anxious about a lot of things, especially if we're moms or we're wives and, you know, we're worried about our children. Mm-hmm. We're worried about, you know, work. We're worried about the future. We're worried about things that are, are happening to us, around us, or could potentially happen. And right. that is where I think that we fall astray when we start guessing or thinking about what might happen in the future. Right. We need to leave those things to God. We need to do our best because God has given us the ability not not to be psychic, but to foresee how certain behaviors that we engage in can lead to certain consequences. So it's our job to live every day uh, in a praiseworthy way so that we can bring glory to God. And then we need to turn all of our actions over to God. We need to surrender our lives to him. So we do the best that we can to raise our children every day. We give them the best advice possible. We uh, guide them using the word. The Bible tells us to use the word to guide our children. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, then you've got to trust, right? You've got to pray for them. And then you've got to trust that God is going to lead the way for them. And we, we talk about these things with anything in our lives. It's the same thing when you go to work. Let's say you want a promotion and, you know, you put your best foot forward. And then someone in a room with other people decide whether you're going to get the promotion or not. You do your best, you put it in God's hands, you pray, and then you surrender it. That's, that's what our lives are about. It's always about doing our best to glorify God and then surrendering to him at all times. So it's that constant evolution, doing our best to glorify him, 
you know, putting our gifts, our, our desires, our dreams, everything in his hands and then surrendering it to him. Exactly. He says to live our lives as living sacrifices. Now, you know, with anything living, you move. And sometimes when we place ourselves on the altar as living sacrifices, we tend to move mm-hmm. and get off the altar. So it's important for us that to be consistent in our prayer life, to be consistent in our reading of the word. I'm old school. I like my Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being, cons- being consistent, being consistent and um, trusting God that, um, that he has everything under control and that he's for you, not against you. So, Amen. Amen. So as we wrap up, because we've got a minute, um, here are some uh, things that we can do to manage our mind. So one thing is to read the Bible. You know, the more that we read the Bible, as Joe pointed out, she has her physical Bible. I, I like my phone because I can read it on the train wherever I go. I have it too. There you go. <laughs> you know, the more that we read the word, the more uh, we start to absorb it. The more we marinate in it, the more that we start to ooze out God's truths. So as you read the Bible on a regular basis, you start thinking differently. You start acting differently. Mm-hmm. You start, um, you know, applying the biblical truths to your life. You start learning things about yourself and about God. So the more that you read your Bible, the more that your thoughts start to change. Memorize scripture, the same thing. Memorizing scripture. And Joanne, I think you're really great at memorizing scripture. Um, you know, it's, it's another way to cleanse your mind and your thoughts. And when you do experience those moments where you're anxious or you're fearful, you know, you just go right into that, you know, archive of scripture and you pull out that one scripture that's going to give you the strength in that moment. And it's going to give you the faith that you need to pull through into the next level. Uh, you know, develop your mental capacity, you know, as Christian career women, this is one of those things that we need to continue to engage in professional and personal development. Uh, it's important that we invest in ourselves so that we can continue to uh, be the best that we can be. You know, exactly. God wants us to do the best that we can do, whatever we put our hand to. And mm-hmm. that will also require that we engage in some sort of mental development, whether it means that you have to go back to school right. or that you take, um, you know, continuing education courses, uh, especially in this evolving marketplace where, um, you know, in, entire industries are shifting because of things like automation, artificial intelligence. Uh, so many of us need to reskill so that we stay relevant in the marketplace. So continue to develop your mental capacity, keep your eye and your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your industry so that you can maintain a level of relevance and importance in the role that you're playing at work. Uh, prepare uh, for whatever is ahead. You know, we were talking about being able to foresee things that happen in the future. So if you know that something is coming up, you know, use your mind to prepare for any challenges that may be ahead. Uh, Share the things that you learn with others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Challenge yourself to do something different, something that will expand your horizons. Use a variety of methods to be able to stimulate your thinking and to expand your horizons. Make developing your mind a lifelong pursuit. Remember that you never just arrive somewhere. You have to continue to learn as you continue to grow, uh, grow, uh, grow older in your life. And then lastly, review what you've learned. When you review what you've learned uh, and you're able to articulate it and you're able to share it with others, uh, it also provides you with another level of um, expertise uh, in, your, in your career and in your field. So do you have any closing thoughts for, for us, Joe? Well, I think... Um, for me, reading my Bible, memorizing scripture is key because 
Memorizing scripture, I mean, how did the Lord create the earth? He used his words, right? So when I memorize scripture, when I pray, I, I decree or declare what God's word says about me. And I speak it to myself and I speak it into the atmosphere. So memorizing scripture, Ellie knows, I memorize scripture. Um, and challenge yourself. Like right now I'm going to go and sign up for some kickboxing lessons. And I know this has nothing to do with sports, but it is for me. That's a challenge for me, Right. Um, developing your mind, you always want to stay ahead of the game. You always want to be, um, remain alert. And as we get older, we get a little slower. So making sure that you're staying on top of your game, reading your word and staying active and always going back. And like Ellie was talking about challenging yourself. If you want to go back to school, then go back to school. I personally don't want to go back to school, but there's other things that I, that I'm involved in with ministry that, um, that keep me busy. So um, everything on this list is incredible. So. Well, Joe, thank you so much. You've been an incredible ministry partner. Uh, It's been wonderful to be able to share with you in this way. And thank you for everyone who's uh, tuned in today live. And those of you who are watching the recording on YouTube or in our portal, Uh, we're looking forward to our next and last Bible study in this series. We're going to be talking about managing your life, your ministry, and your time. So thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, we can't wait to uh, share with you again. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You still there? Yeah, I'm trying to end the meeting. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.